Welcome back to one-on-one -on -one New York's longest running sports call-in show. Alex Woltz here with Colin Loughran. And before Fordham kicks off its 2021 football season in Lincoln, we are pleased to be joined by Nebraska football beat reporter for the Lincoln Journal Star and Husker Extra, Parker Gabriel. Parker, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys? I'm doing well, doing well. And we're really excited about the game this weekend. But before that, I always like to ask when we talk about college football and you've been around the game for a few years now, just the excitement of the season this year and getting everything kind of back to normal. And Lincoln is one of those places where it is such a special place. And just your excitement level in general to have college football back and, and back like it, we've never left, really. Yeah, it's really exciting, obviously. I mean, I, I you know, last year um, still traveled to Nebraska, played three home games and five road games last year. And so we bounced around, you know, followed the team where they went. And is is really bizarre sitting in Columbus, Ohio, in the horseshoes, you know, empty except for, you know, a couple hundred parents or Friday night uh, just down the road from you guys in, in Piscataway, um, New Jersey, you know, Nebraska and Rutgers on Friday. It was really, really bizarre. And so not only was it cool last weekend, Nebraska played week zero against Illinois, just to see, even though the stadium wasn't full, 45,000 people there, and it, and it hit again on, on Thursday night watching Minnesota and, and Ohio State in the Big Ten, you know, Big Ten game, just to see a packed stadium in a big time environment. Um, it's it's really it's really refreshing. And obviously there's still, you know, concerns out there. But um, but yeah, it's it's great to have people back in stadiums. And, and it, feel, it felt like felt like a big time game uh, between those two teams. And I think we'll get more of that this weekend. Without a doubt, it's great to have college football back. It's great to have the excitement back that surrounds the games themselves. And uh, you mentioned that matchup against Illinois. Unfortunately, Nebraska lost that one 30 to 22. I was just wondering, what did you see in that game? Could you give us a small recap of what went down in week zero, as you called it? Yeah, so Nebraska, you know, Nebraska really struggled offensively last year um, in 2020. They played eight games all against the Big Ten, averaged 23 points a game. And, you know, the, the, the going line, I guess, soft season, so to speak, was that they had a lot of first-year players, which is true. They had a young offensive line, which is true. And I think people expected a big jump in 2021 and, and maybe right from the gate. You know, you got a, you got a bunch of guys who are back as second-year players at the skill positions and, and a fourth-year starting quarterback and just really struggled offensively. Uh, and, and there's a couple, you know, turning points that made a big difference in the game. Uh, they botched a punt return that led to a safety. Um, you know, they, they had a uh, a third down pressure that that forced an interception from Illinois backup quarterback that came back because of a roughing the passer penalty and then a taunting so you know that that's those are just the kind of things the kind of mistakes you can't make um, in conference play and it really struggled to generate a rhythm offensively I mean, they, they talked about running the ball uh, more this season and that they were 45 pass plays and 26 rushes part of that's because they got behind uh, in the third quarter but but they just they've really one of the most surprising things that going into year four here under Scott Frost is he's an offensive head coach. They've really struggled to forge an offensive identity. Like you don't really know what they're going to try to do or what you're going to see on a week to week basis. Uh, and that, that reared its head pretty clearly, I think last week. You mentioned a lot of the offensive struggles and I think a lot of that centers around the quarterback position and Adrian Martinez. And I want to ask you about him specifically, because I'm really, really curious because he's kind of been in my eyes, like the heart and soul of this Nebraska team for a few years now, but there's a lot of conversation about him now and what his role will be this season. And I'm just curious, looking at that game week one, do you think that was just an aberration from the norm or is this something that Martinez might struggle this year? And we might actually see a change in that quarterback spot at Nebraska that no one really saw coming. 
Yeah, well, they, you know, they did change at one point last year. Um, they, they benched him late in the game against Northwestern. And then Luke McCaffrey, who's the younger brother of, of Christian McCaffrey and, and, and the son of Ed and, and Lisa McCaffrey, that, that he started two games. And, and then against uh, Illinois, actually last year, he turned the ball over five times. They went back to Martinez down the stretch and then McCaffrey transferred um, this offseason. So right behind Martinez, the thing about you know, a, a change or whatever behind Martinez, they've got two freshmen that have never played college snaps. So uh, if they make that move, it's, it's going to have to be because of something pretty dramatic. I, I don't think that's going to happen. It'd be, you know, I think Nebraska is hoping um, against, uh, you know, a non-conference opponent like Fordham this week that they get a chance to see those guys. Um, but it would be under a little bit smoother circumstances than, you know, benching a four-year starter and a guy who's the first three-time captain in school history. The thing with Martinez is it, the best he's played in his career probably was as a freshman in 2018. And then they've gone back and forth where they created a bunch of big plays in 2019, but he wasn't efficient. And then last year, he completed 72% of his passes, but his yards per attempt went down because they just couldn't throw the ball down the field. And they didn't even really try to throw the ball down the field. So the question this year is if they can settle into some sort of rhythm. He's not the most accurate passer. But after the game, Illinois head coach Brett Bielema said the only player that Illinois was worried about that scared Illinois in their game planning process was him. And so at times, like last week, Nebraska's best chance of moving the football was for him to run around and make plays with his legs. So it, he's got limitations. Those limitations have shown through. He's turned the ball over too frequently. He's not the most accurate thrower. And yet right now, he's sort of Nebraska's only – uh, you know, sort of, he's the only option that has shown over and over and over again that he can make plays. And so that's that's sort of the conundrum I think Nebraska's in offensively right now. Yeah, like Alex, I'm very curious about Adrian Martinez just as a talent uh, himself. From what you've seen, other than his freshman year, where, you, as you said, that might have been his best season, is there something concrete that he can improve upon in the next you know, weeks to come in, in this season that could really help him progress as a player to where he'd like to be or where Nebraska would like him to be. Yeah, I think I think the two things that you see um, regularly, and it's hard, it's hard from the outside, so it's a little bit just based on what your eyes tell you in games and then what coaches are willing to say. But I think some of it's processing, right? Like, and and that's a conversation that he obviously knows the offense really well. It's his fourth year playing in it, so you do wonder. Can you get radically, you know, is there a radical improvement coming in, you know, delivering the ball on time over the next couple of weeks? And then, and then, you know, more to the point, I think it, it's just, if a guy's open, you got to put the ball on him. You know, you saw the difference um, in, he, he put a, a post, a post route right on a guy for 43 yards and lo and behold, he scored that drive. Uh, and then right before halftime, you know, he missed a guy wide open on a crossing route that would have jump started a, a drive in the final minute. Two plays later, he gets caught trying to step up in the pocket, fumbles the ball, and Illinois runs it back for a touchdown with a half a minute left in the game. I mean, that's that legitimately missing a guy open on first down is pretty legitimately at least a 10, if not a 14-point swing in the game. You feel good about getting a field goal or a touchdown to take the lead right before halftime, and instead you miss him, you turn it over, you're down seven and a half and kicking off to start the second half. It's, it's a huge, you know, that's that's a critical moment in that game. So if you're talking about improvement that's going to come quickly, it's their throws that he's perfectly capable of making. Uh, you just got to see him make them consistently. 
And we're here with Parker Gabriel of the Lincoln Journal Star and Husker Extra. And, and something along those lines you just mentioned that I wanted to ask about is you being in Nebraska and talking about the struggles for Martinez, about the expectations for Coach Frost, all of that kind of combining together. What would you just describe as the atmosphere on the ground there? Is it because from the outside perspective, it seems like the heat is on a lot of times with Nebraska. Would you say that that's kind of the feeling right now? Is there a reason for optimism this season? I mean, what at, what at all is your perspective right now in terms of how the, the atmosphere around the, the area is there in Lincoln and around this team? Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting week, that's for sure. I mean, I think there was some there was some cautious optimism going into this year. It's 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 Nebraska's deepest team that 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 Frost has had here in four years. It's probably the most talented team. They're not overwhelmingly talented, but on paper you look at it and and you, you, while they okay they may not stand toe to toe with Ohio State, but they should compete in the West Division at least, you know. And perhaps um, one of those teams, whether it's Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Iowa. Maybe one of those teams separates itself as clearly the best on, on Nebraska's half of the Big Ten, but really they should be in all of those games. And I think that's what what sparked the frustration among fans last week was that there's not really much in the way of excuses at this point. You're going into the fourth year with this coaching staff, and it wasn't Ohio State, right? It was Illinois. It was a team that that hasn't competed for a division title in 10 years. So the the, the issues, I think it, it sort of ramped up. And then the other part of that is that, I mean, you guys obviously, you know, maybe don't follow Nebraska that closely, but it looked a lot like the, the same sort of self-inflicted errors that have cost Nebraska a lot over the last three years. And, and, and frankly, going back before that too. And so when you've got more depth and more talent and you think you've got better player leadership, and then the first time you go out there, it sort of looks like the same old song and dance. Um, people sort of wonder what's up. And so it's going to be really interesting. Nebraska's got a tough schedule this year. Um, they play Oklahoma in, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, they finish in November. They, they have three games in November. It's uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin at home, or Ohio State and Iowa at home, Wisconsin on the road. So if you're going to even get to six wins and go to a bowl game, I think a lot of people felt like starting 3-0 and against Illinois, Fordham, and Buffalo was sort of like the, the cleanest route to doing that. So they've, they've put themselves, I, not, I don't want to say behind the eight ball, it's one game, but um, they made it more difficult on themselves right from the start. That schedule definitely isn't going to be a, a walk in the park. I mean, looking no. at it, you're right. They have Oklahoma, you have Michigan, uh, you have Ohio State. I'm just wondering, is there a particular matchup that you're looking forward to in that it could be well, a check for Nebraska? Yeah, I grew up in Big Ten country, so I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't around this program whatsoever um, in the Big 12 days. And so from that perspective, um, I'm really, I, it's going to be awesome to go down to Norman uh, a couple of weeks from now. Now, you know, we'll see what the, we'll see what the betting line looks like on that game. It's going to be, it's uh, a lot of people, you know, including me, I would imagine will ex expect that that will be lopsided, um, but that's going to be cool. And then I think after that, you know, right after that, Nebraska starts this uh, streak of games that I think you put in loosely in sort of a toss-up category at Michigan State uh, the last weekend of September, and then home against Northwestern and Michigan and on the road against Minnesota. And those four, you know, coming out of, the, you know, three straight non-conference games, going to Oklahoma, then you get back into conference play and you play that stretch of four. Um, that by and large, I mean, that's that's the season right there, right? I mean, if you get three wins out of that, you feel pretty good about yourself uh, going into the, the later stages of the season. And if you get one, uh, you, you really 
probably are not looking at, at, at a bowl eligible team and Nebraska hasn't played in a bowl game since, since 2016. So um, it's, that's a critical stretch and it starts off with a trip at the end of this month to, to Michigan state. And you talk about betting lines. Let's quickly talk about obviously this week in Fordham where the betting lines quite heavily in, in Nebraska's favor, but I think it's yeah. an interesting game for a lot of reasons, obviously with Fordham, such a big stage for them, the biggest crowd they've ever been in front of. So kind of give us your scouting report on the Rams and what you kind of expect from them this year and you expect from this game in general. Yeah, it's interesting because they played three games in the spring, right? So, um, but I know the running back um, who's a really good player, what wasn't part of that um, spring season. And so you get, you get this, a little bit of this element where, you don't really know what Fordham's going to do. They haven't played yet in the fall. Um, so do you look at maybe they played a little bit different in the spring than what you, what, what they're going to do this fall, or maybe it's about the same. And so, um, you know, that, that element of it, um, at what Nebraska has said um, is essentially like, you just got to play by your rules and, and expect something to be different than maybe what you thought going in and, and adjust from there. Um, and then, you know, the, in terms of Forum's defense, um, you know, Greenhagen's a really good player, and, and that, that's a guy that, that, you know, Nebraska will have to sort of have uh, eyes on all the time. The thing that's cool is anytime you get a team that doesn't play in stadiums like Memorial Stadium all the time, I always find it refreshing because it sort of gives you that like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't take this for granted, you know, and then especially having it be the first time there's going to be people in the building for a game since November of 2019. All of that sort of adds up to be, um, it's just, it's just fun. And it, it's good to have, it's good to have a team like that in town. I know it's the first time that, you know, schools have ever played each other. So it just makes for an interesting afternoon. And you love it when everybody comes into these games and before, before I was here, I covered Montana state. So they, they you know, they, you play a, a, at the FCS level, you go into a game like this and you want to show you know, that you can stand in there and play. And so it's fun to see schools come in and get the opportunity to play on that stage. And if you're a Nebraska fan, it's gotten to the point where um, you don't take this kind of thing uh, for granted either. That it's just going to be a walk in the park. That matchup against Fordham is definitely going to be something special to watch. I know I speak for Alex on that one too. Uh, us here at Fordham are greatly looking forward to it. Uh, just to, to pivot a little bit, uh, there's a lot of movement right now happening within college football between conferences and just, you know, where programs want to go in terms of where they'd like to play, whether it be SEC or Big Ten or Big 12. And I'm just wondering, I know it's been a very long time since this has happened, but looking back uh, from what happened in 2010 when Nebraska moves from the Big 12 to the Big 10, in retrospect, knowing the history, knowing what we know now, as someone that's covered Nebraska, does that look like a smart move or is it something that will be remembered poorly? Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a great question, Colin. I, I think that that answer has probably changed some over the last 12 months. I mean, this time a year ago when uh, the Big Ten was the only power conference in football that was planning on not playing, um, there were a lot of people, including some in Nebraska, I think, that wanted to try to find a way back to the Big 12. Um, and there was a lot of talk about maybe the values didn't line up and they just hadn't won. You know, Nebraska has had good years. They were, they were good in 2016. They were consistently good under Bo Pelini, although they never got over the hump and won a conference championship, but especially in the last, you know, five to seven years, they really haven't, haven't maybe held up their end of the bargain. They haven't been competitively what the big 10 thought they'd be in the big 10. 
And so there, I think there was quite a bit of, you know, you walk around town or you talk to people or whatever last year. And I think there was a sense of like, man, get us out of this league and take us back to the big 12. That, that all changed pretty radically a few weeks ago when Texas um, and Oklahoma left for the sec. I mean, there's looking back on it. I mean, you, those schools in the big 12 are really probably in a world of hurt at this point. You don't know what's going to happen to them. And so being outside of being in the sec, I mean, the big 10 is the best, best place you can be most stable place. You can be, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but yeah, Nebraska, I mean, the last uh, three months or whatever has made it crystal clear that, that Nebraska could not be in a better place than they are uh, as a member of, of the big 10. And they've made that clear publicly several times since this all started that, Yes, we know there were some issues last year, but we are very happy in this conference. And um, yeah, that that's all that all changed quite a bit, I think, pretty recently here because the the, the Big Twelve. Um, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Maybe they'll try to expand, but um, the Big Ten's a cash cow, and it, it looks pretty good right now. Yeah, and I think the the ninety thousand seats this weekend for Forum is going to set a lot of that right. So, so Parker, we really appreciate you taking the time here. I can tell you this: Colin and I are not going out to Nebraska. We do have two broadcasters who are Nick and Andrew Fantastic. from our radio station FUV. So I'll give them your name. I'll tell them to say hi to you while they're out there because I know we're really looking forward to the experience and heading out to Lincoln. So thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate. It. Looking forward to the game. Yeah, you bet. Same here, and and uh, good luck to you guys. And that's Parker Gabo from the Lincoln Journal Star and Husker Extra, and we'll be right back with more one on one right after this.